we have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order, a world where the rule of law, not the law of the jungle, governs the conduct of nations. When we are successful, and we will be, we have a real chance at this new world order, an order in which a credible United Nations can use its peacekeeping role to fulfill the promise and vision of the UN's founders. Here on the Revere Radio Network, I am your host, Ben Miller, chilling here with my fellow terrorists, <laughs> Tony Pax. Hello, Ben. And Pyeth on the board. Hey, kids! <laughs> we got our website up now. Yes, we do. It's animalfarmshow.com. And we got some great stuff on there. So uh, go to the forums, register, just surf the site. Tell us what you think. There's a contact uh, uh, a button there, so uh, let us know what you think. But definitely go to the forums, register, uh, start posting up some stuff. We got it all done up nicely. It's not like the typical uh, the typical Patriot site. It's it's very pleasant looking. So <laughs> <laughs> the linear Patriot sites that scroll down for eons and eons. Oof, you guys did a great job with that, Ben. I got to give you a lot of credit. You and Pyth both. Uh, Really good job with yes, this. It looks great. Uh, we rocked the right. house, man. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. <laughs> Animalfarmshow.com, folks. Give it a look. <laughs> yes, definitely give it a look. You can listen to all of our shows right there on the main page. Um, and it's yeah. it's great. And we also got, you know, if you go into the forums, we got a documentary section. You could post uh, full documentaries in there. You could see what we got up, up in there. We got some pretty good stuff in there. Uh, that was that was uh that's pretty good and a lot of people that haven't haven't heard of some of the stuff that we got in there. Uh, so uh, we also have a resources section over on the left hand side of the homepage, uh, which which basically is incomplete right now. But uh, we're we're looking for your help to uh, research some 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 of the topics that we have listed there on the left and uh, sending us some of the information. We'll post it up and and uh, it'll be a you know a, an open source type of spot. Sure. Yeah, and as time as time goes on, we're going to populate all of the sections that uh, you know focus on the Bilderberg Group or 9/11 or vaccines, that type of thing. But in the meantime, folks, definitely get on the forums. Registration obviously uh, is free. Get on there. Give us your thoughts, your comments. Post some articles. Uh, we need your help uh, as much as we need uh, our own yes. help at this point. <laughs> Absolutely. And not only that, but write articles for us too. If you write, if you write us some articles, yeah. we'll post it right up there, man. We'll Absolutely. Post it up. And there's no shortage. There's no shortage of content, Ben. I mean, I don't want to jump right into it, uh, but we're looking in front of some. We're looking at some really amazing articles this week, and I think we've we've outdone ourselves, or at least the mainstream media has has gone berserk in some areas. But uh, before we get to that, actually, Ben, I wanted to talk about the Revere Radio stream. Uh, some of you uh, know last week, uh, RevereRadio.net was down. I believe it's still Whoops. down. In the meantime, obviously you're listening to us now, but just keep note: www.revere 
radionetwork.com, I believe, Ben, is the new site, at least for now. I don't know if it's temporary. We haven't heard word, but that's the new site for now. You can go there. However, if you do go and you try to click the Listen Now button as you used to, that's not going to work either. So just try to scroll. (laughs) Just be patient with those folks. If you scroll down uh, to the bottom right... You're going to see a little uh, – thank you, Pi. Very nice. If you're going to, you scroll down, you see a little uh, Windows Media embedded object on the bottom right of the page there. So you can go there, and that's where you actually have to go to listen to the stream. So once again, it's www.revereradionetwork.com, not revereradio.net, folks. Just wanted to bring that up. Lucky. Last week. <laughs> so what do we have for news this week to start it off? What, what crappy stuff do we have to talk about this week? Well, what, what evil government plan is, uh, is, is coming to, to – Take our children away and uh, I, I don't even know and if rape us of all our belongings. I don't know if the right question is what do we have, Ben, but really what's first? Um, we have a lot of articles. Uh, we have the the veterans, the suicide rate for our our beloved veterans, unfortunately, is is rising and it's becoming uh, it's an epidemic. It's at epidemic proportions. We, as many of you know, we have the uh, one more tasering incidents resulting in a death at Vancouver. We have New York City police who shot a teen dead who was holding a hairbrush, and they mistaked it for a gun. Because they're... Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, the, I think the only really good piece of news, uh, ultimately the only good piece, of, uh, good piece of news here is that Governor Spitzer, at least in my opinion, it's good news, uh, Governor Spitzer has pulled out of the uh, awarding illegal aliens of driver's licenses. We'll get into all these things, but... That's just to, ridiculous. Yeah, just to skim through it. And, and that is a really... It's a good debate, Ben, and I'd actually like to have some people on because there are definitely both sides of the argument there. Really? Um, yeah, there, there, I mean, there, there are certain solutions that I, even I could argue that would be beneficial if we did know about certain illegals. But I think, uh, like with so many, it, uh, so many political issues, you got to find out who's funding them and what's the real objective. Um, we have the CFR president, Council on Foreign Relations president. Um, in, in an article here, an interview saying that uh, if we go to war with Iran, we could be looking at two hundred dollar a barrel oil barrels. Here. I, don't, I don't even know. Do you know what? You know how much I can't even imagine it going above a hundred dollars a barrel at this point. Do you know how much it was Freaking when Bush was first became president? Uh, I believe it was thirty. Thirty-one dollars. 30, there's a thirty. I thought it was thirty-three. Could have been wow. thirty-three. Yeah. yeah, I think it was. I think you're right, what? Ben. It was, it was about low thirties there. Can you freaking believe that? And no. how many years? And how many years did that know. did that go up? From 33 to almost 99 right now, right? Yep. Ugh. The um, Donald Kerr... It just cost me $6,000. <laughs> Donald Kerr, the <laughs> principal deputy director of national intelligence, had a lot of nice things to say about our privacy as Americans. Um, I will jump into this one. Steve Benson wrote this out of the Carpetbagger Report on the 12th. Uh, with the Bush administration rewriting the privacy rulebook... And in some cases, simply throwing it away, it probably shouldn't come as too big a surprise that Donald Kerr, the principal deputy director of national intelligence, wants the American electorate to expect privacy to mean something different from now on. Privacy, he says, no longer can mean anonymity. Instead, it should I'm mean that decided. government and business properly safeguards people's private communications and financial information. Kerr's comments come as Congress is taking a second look at the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act. So uh, once again, Ben, uh, all of these interesting things that are just trying to, uh, you know, take a couple of our freedoms away and, and hope God, for security. Yeah. So who's he trying to redefine uh, our, our freedom? 
Well, uh, you know, the article goes on. Uh, Kerr's comments come as Congress is obviously taking a look at this this Foreign, Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act. Uh, according to a copy of his speech, the leading intelligence official suggested that Americans are already giving up private information on social networking sites like MySpace and Facebook. So, uh, you know, I guess he's using Internet. that as justification all of a sudden that we should probably give up the rest of it to our government. But Kerr and his colleagues will offer a system of laws, rules, and customs with an infrastructure of inspectors, general oversight committees, and privacy boards on which our intelligence community commitment is based on and measured. Um, it is that framework that we need to grow and nourish and adjust as our cultures change. All of this talk about culture changing, you know, and Ugh. I know the Internet is there, and I understand that, you know, there are risks, uh, you know, you could lose your, your identity on the Internet and all these things, but uh, it doesn't add up in my opinion, Ben. What do you think? No. You know, this is not just someone on the news. This is not Bill O'Reilly or, or you know, Glenn Beck or someone saying this. This is the... Uh, this is a principal deputy director of national intelligence saying this thing. You know, and this is the kind of stuff that just makes me scratch my head. I expect to see this after what I've seen previously in the last three years. But uh, it's got to open your eyes and say, you know, how much more of this before the American people uh, not only wake up but start taking action? Yeah, truly. We have a, a, an article right here from the BBC. <laughs> this is so ridiculous. Terror police shot man in coma. A man who had gone into a diabetic coma on a bus in Leeds was shot twice with a taser gun by police who feared he may have been a security threat. It's like we're all <laughs> retarded now. Oh Nicholas Gobert has described how the incident happened in July 2001, just a week before the fatal shooting of Brazilian man Jean Charles de Menenes. Mr. Gorbert, 34, said he was suffering severe post-traumatic stress as a result of the shooting. The Independent Police Compla Complaints Commission is investigating. Mr. Gobert... Who, leaves in, who lives in Leeds, said he now, has now decided to speak out after the Crown Prosecution Service ruled no officers involved should be charged with any criminal offenses. They want to kill us! For shooting a man in a diabetic coma. It's unbelievable. And that, that was in Britain, is that correct there? Ben? Yes. Um, yep. I, I wanted to say one more thing, and it actually relates to what you were just talking about. Kurt Nemo, who reads for Truth News, um, also covered the Deputy Director of National Intelligence, uh, kind of basically saying, kiss the Fourth Amendment goodbye. But he had one um, one quote in particular that I thought was really interesting and, and pretty powerful. He says – this is Kurt Nemo again. Once upon a time when a lot more people read books and had at least a rudimentary understanding of government and history, this partnership was viewed skeptically. Indeed, it was called by its appropriate name, fascism. And uh, I, I wanted to say that because I think it applies basically to Wait most of what we're going to talk about tonight, um, definitely the mainstream media stuff. And, and yeah, it, it, it just goes back to the principle where uh, most Americans are just not paying attention. They're not stupid. They're just not paying attention because no one's telling them to pay attention to the things that are going on. Instead, it's OJ or now with this Bonds thing. I know we're never going to hear the end of this Barry Bonds thing. I won't even go over it. You've all heard about it. But all of this fluff, and, and not that those are I'm not... Actually, I haven't heard about it, and I'm very proud to say that I haven't heard well, about it. Well, then I it. won't tell you about it, but... Good. <laughs> it's, it, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's a U.S. court case now, I mean, it's going to be... Uh, he's, he's guilty of perjury, basically. Uh, just we're pathetic! The whole country's shocked! <laughs> you know, I'm not going to get mad. Don't get I'm mad. not going to get mad. Don't get I'm mad. not going to get mad. It's too early to get mad, Relax, Alex. Alex. We, have, we have so much more to go over, and I don't want to jump right into news too quick. I mean, we've already done that, but... Uh, you know what is what is there to say about the average American walking around with uh, with their iPod earphones in, in the city or in, in wherever? They're pod people. You know they just again it's just it's just they haven't been given the permission so to speak to think about a lot of these things uh, that are, are affecting them. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> that was wildly inappropriate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, before before we get right into it what? and really get warmed up, uh, we have good news. D'Lo 
our friend David Lopez, if he's listening, hello. Uh, obviously, he was in a little bit of a car accident. Oh, my goodness. Good Lord. Um, he is doing well, uh, at least the last I heard. He's recovering, and he's well. He's home now. So, David, if you're listening, thank you for listening, and, and we're, you know, we'd are you know love to help you out in any way. So give us a call or, or just enjoy the show. We're giving shout-outs. I might as well give a shout-out to my lovely lady, Yes, Jill. she's also getting better, is she not? Yes, she's recovering hey, from uh, open-heart surgery, and uh, she's she's doing very well. So. Excellent. Well, we're glad to hear that, and then I'll I'll even I'll even try to top you and say I'll give a shout out to my lovely lady who, thankfully, is not recovering from anything, but she's probably listening to the show. So hello, yeah. Teresa. It's uh you know we're just trying to make some something. This show, folks, we have so much, uh, so many articles and so much news and so many things that are just going to baffle you. Even the even the information warrior uh, would be baffled by some of the stuff that we have to cover, not the least of which is the Ron Paul news. Um, Do we even want to jump into that? No, I, I don't that? want to. I want, I want to keep the suspense up, and I, I'm going to have to drink a couple more beers before I can even think about uh, talking <laughs> yeah. about it, because it really, it, really, it really was, Ben. And every week, I think I've said it, every week, it just gets more bizarre. And um, well, let, me, let me read this article, then, yeah, which go is ahead. also bizarre, and it's entitled as... as as it uh, typically is entitled nowadays, Sign of Times. New Jersey oh, yeah. school cameras fed live to cops. This okay, is, kids! This is, this is live. That's out okay? of New Jersey, I, read, I think yeah. I read that one. New Jersey surveillance cameras rolling inside our, our local schools is nothing new. But what's taking place inside Damaris Public Schools is truly cutting edge. A live feed from from more than two dozen cameras with a direct connection to the police. A direct connection. Unbelievable. It's an expensive but effective tool that could be a sign of the times with an increase in school shootings over the years. The system, which costs Complete about Complete control with just the flick of a switch. <laughs> the system, which costs about $28,000, can even track movement in a crowded room. Oh Quote, when they arrive, they can pull up to the school's live feed and do a sweep instantly. The Marist Police Chief James Powerly tells CBS2. So, uh, so basically, they're they're pretty much turning our schools into prisons, which is which is kind of normal, I guess. You know, going through a going to a public high school myself, it was sort of a it was sort of a given that it was kind of like a prison, you know, mm-hmm. where the the toughest person out of the batch won, and uh, you know, whenever you got into the to a, whenever two kids got into a fight, the toughest kid uh, was the most popular one by sure. the end of the day, and sure. that's just the way it is, you know. If you smart off to a teacher, you. Uh, you piss in their coffee or something, you know, you're rewarded. <laughs> God, that's, I would never do that. <laughs> that's the type of <laughs> that's the type of um, system it is in the public school though, and it's it's horrible and uh, yeah, it's just well, there's it's a, over, but now it's even worse, man. Now it's, it's even over. worse. It's it, when I was going to high school, there would you know there weren't cops patrolling the hallways like there are now. Now it's pretty uh it's pretty bad. It's getting bad. I mean I you know, I understand the, that there are shootings and you know we we have to find this this balance and it's not just in schools but overall we have to find this balance between security and 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 liberty and freedom. Uh, before we go on though, screw that. Yeah, well no balance, you know, dude. It, it is what it is. Nine one four six one three three one six six nine one four six one three. 3166 is the phone number, folks. We uh, we have a lot to talk about tonight. We want to get your reactions because, like I said, it's bizarre. Um, but, yeah, Ben, I mean, you know, I, I think that we, even you and I could probably have a pretty in-depth discussion about it. I mean, in, in almost every facet of American culture today, it's always this balance. And, and I'm using balance uh, a bit facetiously. It's this balance between liberty and, and security. Everything that happens, the excuse to take action afterwards is oh well now you'll you'll be more secure yeah, compared which to is before. Yeah, a total lie, you know. It, Freedom it, is what makes you secure. Motive, that's what, yeah. That's motive, what makes you secure. Motive is everything here, folks. What's the motive and who's benefiting? And I think that you can apply that that principle to everything in politics. So when we get back, we got a lot more news. Nine one four six one three three one six six. The Animal Farm Radio Show. Mm-hmm. 
You guys having a killer time? Total free speech here at Revere Radio Network, even when it's ugly. Enjoy. Hey, you're listening to Revere Radio Network. Stay tuned. If you want to give us a call here at the Animal Farm, dial 914-613-3166. Yeah, go ahead and finish up. Finish up! Thank you, Mr. Chairman. The best way I could describe the uh, problems that we face here in this country as well as the problem... Federal Reserve faces is that uh, we're indeed between the rock and the hard place because uh, we have a serious problem. We don't talk about much how we got here. We talk about how we're going to patch it up. The bubble has uh, been burst. We saw what happened after the NASDAQ bubble burst. Uh, We don't ask how it was created and then we have a housing bubble and it's uh, deflating and then spreading. Uh, And and yet uh, nobody says where does it come from? And what, do, what is the advice that you generally get? And that is, inflate the currency. They don't say inflate the currency. They don't say debase the currency. They don't say devalue the currency. They don't say cheat the people who are saved. They say lower the interest rates. But they never ask you, and I don't hear you say too often, the only way I can lower interest rates is I have to create more money. I have to uh, lower the discount rate. I have to make it generous. I have to increase reserves. I have to lower the interest rates and fix the interest rates, uh, overnight rates. And, and the only way you can do this is by increasing the money supply. And I see this as the problem that we don't want to talk about. Uh, currently, of course, we can't follow the money supply with M3, but we can follow one of your statistics, which is the MZM, the ready cash available, and we see that inflation is alive and well. It's uh, that. That uh, money supply figure is going up about 20% uh, per annualized. And uh, this, this just means that the dollar gets weaker. And everybody said, well, the dollar is, that's great. Dollar weaker, we're going to have export. And that is a fallacy, maybe for a month or two, but it just invites inflation. And unless we get down to the bottom of it and define what inflation is uh, and not look at only prices, this was... This was taught by the free market economists all through the 20th century. They said, beware, 
They will increase the money supply, but they will make you concentrate on prices. And they will give you CPIs and PPIs, and they'll fudge those figures, and they'll talk about wage and price controls to solve our problems. And we ignore the fundamental flaw, and that is that not only have we had a subprime market in housing, the whole the whole economic system is subprime in that we have artificially low interest rates. And it wasn't under your, your tenure in office. It's been going on for 10 years or longer, and now we're bearing the fruits of, the, uh, fruits of that, uh, that policy. I mean, a 1% interest rate, overnight rates, and, and, and that's not a distortion. Instead of looking at these, um, the, the uh, price, the consumer prices, which nobody in this country uh, really, really believes, we need to talk about the distortion, the malinvestment, the, the, uh, the misdirection, the bad information that is gotten from artificially low interest rates. In many ways, some people refer to you as a price fixer, you know, because you fix interest rates. The market is powerful and usually overwhelms and does come into play, but w when the Fed fixes an interest rate at 1%, that's, that is uh, price fixing. At the end of your testimony, you suggested that we should address this housing crisis and we should have rules that would address uh, deceptive lending practices. And I just think that is not, not the answer at all. The real deception is when we distort the value of money. When we create money out of thin air, we have no savings, yet there's so-called capital, there's, there's, there's money available, but it comes from what you have to do and the pressure is put on you. So I think we have to get back to the very fundamentals of, of where this problem comes from. And the bubbles occur when we have this malinvestment and the creation of new money. So my question boils down to this. How in the world can we expect to solve the problems of inflation, that is, the increase in the supply of money, with more inflation? Congressman, first, just a small technical point on the uh, growth in money. Money growth has been pretty moderate over the last few years. The, the gr increase in MZM is probably related to the financial turmoil. People have been taking their savings out of you know, risky assets, putting them into the bank, and that makes the money... Uh, data uh, show faster growth. So I'm, I'm not sure that's indicative of policy necessarily. Um, what we're trying to do is uh, follow the mandate that Congress gave us, and the mandate that Congress gave us is to look at employment and inflation as measured by domestic price growth. And as I talked about today, um, uh, and I think you would agree that uh, we do see risk to inflation, and we are taking those into account, and we want to make sure that uh, that uh, prices remain as stable as possible in the United States. But how can you do this and pursue this, the policy you have, without further weakening the dollar? There's a dollar crisis out there, and people's money is being stolen. People who have saved, they're being robbed. I mean, if, if you have deep, a, a devaluation of the dollar at 10%, people have been robbed of 10%. But how can you pursue this policy without addressing the subject that somebody's losing their wealth because of a weaker dollar, and it's going to lead to higher interest rates and a weaker economy. If somebody has their wealth in dollars and they're going to buy consumer goods in dollars, and it's a typical American, then the, uh, the, 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 the decline in the dollar, the only effect it has on their buying power is it makes imported goods more expensive. Yeah, but not if you're retired and elderly and you have CDs and, and their, their, their uh, cost of living is going up no matter what your CPI says. Their cost of living is going up and they're hurting and that's why the people in this country are very upset.
The man with the foolish grin is keeping perfectly still. But nobody wants to know him. They can see that he's just a fool. And he never gives an answer. But the fool on the hill sees the sun going down. And the eyes in his head see the All right, folks, we are back. You are listening to the Animal Farm here on Revere Radio Network. Give us a call here. We are taking calls right now. Uh, the number is 914-613-3166. That's 914-613-3166. You could also uh, drop us in uh, an IM at Animal Farm Show, uh, all one word, and that's uh, AOLIM. And you can also uh, you can also give us a call on Skype with Animal Farm Show, all one word. So uh, do that up. We also got our website up, so it's animalfarmshow.com. Uh, go there, check it out, post some stuff, uh, and, and participate in the loveliness that is our website. <laughs> yes, uh, our, our our big launch, our big website launch, and, and, and as time goes on, like like we said earlier, folks, we're going to populate it with all of our PDFs and articles, which we have thousands, literally. Just, um, a, just a quick note, uh, if you are giving a, a call into our show... Um, what we do is we're we're pretty much gonna just put you on mute for a moment and then you just listen in and and uh, we'll we'll take your call when we're ready to take it. So uh, mm-hmm. uh, give us give us a call in and uh, and we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, one, if you give us a call, folks, once you hear the show uh, in your earpiece, there we actually don't have a screen uh, a call screener, uh, which is a good thing and a bad yeah, thing. It's it's good and bad. But if you do call and you hear the show, that means you're on and we will uh, we promise we will get to you as soon as possible. So once again, nine one four six one three. 3166, or just Skype us at Animal Farm Show. Uh, before we continue, Ben, I did want to just add, I guess, one or two more notes. And I think one thing that we touched on before with this particular article with the New Jersey school cameras, you know, it's one thing to have cameras in school. I think that's been going on for a little bit, you know, of time now, probably even before 9 11. Some schools really, honestly, unfortunately, do need these cameras. There's a lot of uh, serious issues with uh, some of these schools. But this Good one. Grief. Yeah, the, the reason for this article was that these cameras in New Jersey, uh, are being fed right to the cops. So, I mean, I'm, I have to easily assume that, that this school has some serious Do, are issues. They, are they going into the bathrooms like the other school cameras that they have? It doesn't say anything about that, Ben, and I hope to God not. I mean, that is obviously very illegal. But it, did, it does say that patrolling officers have access to the video feed from headquarters and several laptops um, to address privacy concerns. All of the cameras – this is – I don't understand this. To address the privacy concerns like you just mentioned – all of the cameras are installed in public areas and are not equipped to pick up audio. So obviously that means that it's not in a private, <laughs> not in a bathroom, and that's great. But you know, if, if you're going to put the camera in, you might as well put the audio. You know, like <laughs> what does that mean? You know, not for nothing. But you have a camera on people. The privacy is gone. Yeah, you know, audio is not going to make it that much different. The cops are not listening to you know to beef about you know uh, high school issues. It's oh the it, twisted but, logic of the new century. Yeah, and I think you know to me the underlying question becomes, and it just it transcends this article. Uh, but the issue for me becomes again. Is there a balance? Can we ever have this? Can we ever just feel secure for the love of God? Can we just be secure in our own persons, in our own houses? Is there ever going to be a balance? Are we ever going to attain security? Every time you look to your left or to your right or you read an article in, in any newspaper or anywhere on the Internet, it's always a little more freedoms for a little more security. And eventually, you know, again, when does it end? And, and the greatest part of this article for me is um, the final paragraph of the uh, article Plans are already underway to install a more advanced system in Northern Valley High School. 
which can alert a patrolling officer when someone is in distress or suddenly falls down. Now, Ben, you call that a democracy? Yeah, yeah Alan Combs. Um, if somebody if somebody uh, suddenly falls down, camera technology today it's no. It's no news. Camera technology today is really amazing. We literally have HD cameras, in the, uh, consumer HD cameras, that are no larger than a cigarette pack. And I think what's going on here, Ben, if I were to venture any guess uh, based on my knowledge of cameras and recognition software that is more than developed uh, and implemented in London and in, in all of Europe, uh, I think what might be happening here is that these cameras might be getting smart and actually may send out alerts when someone falls or there might be a fight, you know, based on uh, pixels and how they interact and all these types of things, I'm guessing that, you know, these cameras are starting to wisen up. And, and well, that's, sure certainly, that's certainly the goal. Um, the, the software that's attached to the cameras that they have are, uh, uh, you know, is, is sort of a uh, almost a congru- congruity type of uh, software where if they see it, where if anything comes out of balance, uh, it, the camera automatically detects it and it... Uh, and it, it picks it up and alerts the authorities that are supposed to be watching it. But uh, we do have a caller right now. Um, caller, you're on the air. Uh, hello, gentlemen. Hello, is this Sarah? This hey, is baby. Sarah. Hey, Sarah. My dear friend Ben. Hello, Ben. I'm well. How are you? I'm doing great. Nice. Um, hey, baby. Hey, guys. Hi, <laughs> so, so John for, and company. For everybody that doesn't know, um, hello? Sarah, Sarah was my old co- co-host who was uh, uh, on the swag show with me. That's a fact. She's an absolutely lovely lady. She really what? is. With she the truly, sexiest voice on she earth. She truly is. I'm a lovely lady? Yes, with the sexiest voice on earth. I think that's the nicest thing you've ever said about me. <laughs> Someone's <laughs> bringing a tear to my eye. <laughs> so what's going on, Sarah? <laughs> Not much. Um, Have you been reading the, the, the rubbish show? Great. Been? Oh, thanks. You guys really sound great. Nice. Yeah, that's like one of those nine, seven, I don't know if you're getting an echo from me. <laughs> what do you think about the rubbish we've been reading? Well, that's a, one of the reasons why I called in, because I just thought it was really funny where you first started to talk about, like, um, the cameras that are the live feed into, you know, the police station. And when you were first reading it, you were, like, so monotone about it. And I'm glad that you guys came back to it, just because I know for you, this has always been something that just gets you so angry. Yeah, I pretty much want to break stuff. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and, and speaking of break, during the break, I think uh, me, Apieth, and Ben and I, you know, we we listen to the break happens, and, and we kind of put our headphones down, and we just look at each other and almost start laughing and say, I can't effing believe that this is actually, like, we're, we're not reading out of the onion, you know, we're reading out of real newspapers and real, you know, these are real articles, and these are things that are happening right now to our to our schools, to our society. This is America. And, and you know, we... Um, we, we've always criticized uh, fascist dictatorships and communism and all these uh, dictatorships throughout history, and we are becoming it. I mean, right now. So. Uh, well, what do you do to stop it? Well, you know. Uh, John, I don't know if you have kids, but I know I know Ben has a daughter. Like, what, what do you do if it comes no. into your school? Well, oh man, well I I will instruct my daughter when she becomes of age and is old enough to understand that if she sees a, a camera. Uh, in a, in an inappropriate place, like a bathroom, like yeah. the place where they want to put them or the place where they have been putting them, I would start her, take that camera, rip it down, bring it home to me, and I will shove it up that principal's ass. <laughs> yeah. I'm serious. Pretty uh, much. Yeah, I mean, I can't speak, obviously, you know, like you said, I don't I don't have kids, and I, 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 I don't even know what to do about that. I don't know if I could even consciously bring children into the world right now the way that I view it, 
But I think Ben's got the point. Um, everything right now is information. The only war that we're really in, except for the actual physical war in Afghanistan, Iraq, and God help us, Iran, is that we're in an information war. We are being attacked for information, uh, for our speech, our freedom of speech, and our liberty. So I think, uh, like Ben says, the most important thing is we have to we have to instruct, we have to educate our friends, our family, our loved ones, our children, our superiors, and do your best. Um, that's all. Just, we're pathetic. The whole country's shot. <laughs> we are. You know, See, that's what, you know, you were talking about me sounding monotone before, and I sort yeah. of wanted to bring this up because this is like, this is a, a tough point for me because I get mad at myself that I don't get madder at these articles that I read. <laughs> like I'm pissed off at myself because I'm, I'm I am monotone about it. It's like I'm numb to it. It's like I, just because I know how much you know that just gets. Like you just want to scream about it. I, mean, I, I we've talked I, about it before. I, I want to. I want to drink some Jack Daniels and just and just beat people <laughs> and just just kill them. Yeah, it's I just mean, so it's, it pisses me off a lot. But you know, and it's supposed to piss you off. I mean, you, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know. I mean, we all we all have our vices. Uh, you know, and we all have the things that we like to do. You know, I like any other American. I love watching football on Sunday. I love watching baseball. I love hockey. I like uh, going to the mall and hanging out. You know, I like doing all the things that we we always take for granted and things that aren't really you know American uh, traits. But at the same time, um, I don't know. For some reason, I must be really stupid or, or whatever. But when I was growing up, I always had this little idea in my head that you know, look. Uh, you know, you're not really ever safe. You know, granted, we live in a great country, and we do live in the greatest country. But uh, you know, don't take anything for granted ever. Uh, you know, it's 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 a simple fact that um, you know, at any time, governments can turn, and they always have. So I I don't understand, and I I never really paid attention during social studies and stuff, Ben. I mean, a little bit here and there, but I guess I just have the trait. So I'm just I'm glad to answer your question. Uh, I'm just glad that uh, hung out with Ben a couple times, and that he had the. Uh, the means to do the radio show, and I think this is great. This is a great thing Definitely. that we're doing. We're doing. We're Definitely. doing our best. We're doing whatever we can at this point. You guys oh yes, great. it's very nice. Thank you, Sarah. Nice. Well, you guys enjoy your night. I'm gonna go back to listening, and uh, I'll catch you guys next week too. Thanks for chiming in, sir. Absolutely. Good night, guys. Thanks, Sarah. Bye-bye. Bye, bye. Thank you. Once again, Goodbye. folks. Yes, thank you, butthead. Once again, folks, 914-613-3166. And again, if you do call and if you hear the show, that means you're on. Just be patient. We will get to you. Um, but yeah, just to finish up on that point, Ben, and th- that article really is, is part of the massive stack of articles. But that really is, we could probably spend an hour and a half talking about what's happening alone to our schools and, and how the, the police state type tactics are really happening and, and you know, I guess the ultimate question as a parent that I would have is is all the security honestly really necessary I mean are there shootings every every day and if there is then we have to really think about uh, com- now, you know, education reform using his imagination and I've come <laughs> to put a stop to it well, here's the thing we've we, we've talked about this I think we talked about it two weeks ago uh, you know with the the whole shooting incident and why uh, how they've literally, you know, banned guns in so many schools, and it's just been a victim disarmament. So if somebody goes in there with an illegal gun, starts shooting the place up, nobody has any means to uh, defend themselves whatsoever. So that's one of the flaws that we have right here. But I mean, we've we've got to get a guest on to talk about uh, the the schools in general because I man, I've read documents from that were in the 1930s that were talking about the the national education system, you know, the plans for the national education system about how they were saying that we have too many poets and too many politicians and too many artists and we need just workers we just need straight up peons to yeah. to basically uh, uh 
go into work mode for us, for us good little elitists. Yeah. I'm absolutely adamantly opposed to that. I was in my, sure um, are, I was a junior in college when, or a sophomore junior in college when they, you know, when this whole no child left behind issue came up. And 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 to the credit of many of my teachers, they immediately recognized it as, uh, well, obviously I went to school for phys ed and health, so they they obviously recognized that it was a a major problem for physical education and, and health studies, of course, because that's that those were part of the. Uh, classes that were going to get taken away or destroyed but at the same time they also recognized it more as you know this is taking away more than just a health class or more than just gym or physical education for that matter uh it's taking away music it's taking away art um and I think Mr. Holland's Opus, I think, was a great film. And I think one of the quotes that I took away from that, <laughs> I don't know, what was that all about? One of the quotes that that, that came from that mu- that movie that really uh, hit home was, you know, you keep taking away art and and all of these important subjects like music and and uh, before you know it, these kids are not going to have anything to write about because you take away creativity and it's just monotonous rote memorization. So, on the other side, Son Ben, of a I bitch. mean. Yeah, I, I want to put that behind, but uh, you know, again, like you said, we got to get people on. We got to get some people on to talk about these things who are in the in the heat of the battle, and, and maybe on either side. I like to have a little debate, but to talk about the other side of the coin instead of the the, the children in the schools. Another, yet another, Ben, New York City police officer uh, shot a, a teenager holding a hairbrush. They mistaked it for a gun. Yeah. This happened on Tuesday. Associated, folks, Associated Press, New York. A teenager died in a hail of 20 bullets fired by police officers who thought he was holding a gun, authorities said Tuesday. The object turned out to be a hairbrush. I'm not making this up. A 9-11 operator, however, heard the teen yelling that he had a gun, and that's what the police said. So I, I don't, you know, it's impossible to dissect the truth here. But the case nonetheless evoked painful memories of previous police shootings. The November 2006 50-bullet barrage that killed the unarmed Sean Bell on his wedding day. And the 1999 killing of unarmed African immigrant Amuo Diallo, I'm going to pronounce that wrong, so my apologies, who was hit by 19 of the 41 shots fired by police in the Bronx. And also Huey of the Black Panther Party, yeah, which uh, supposedly um, fired a shot, and uh, and the cops ended up shooting like 160 bullets into his house and uh, ended up killing you know, him. Yeah, so Those evildoers. You have... Yeah. You have you have on one hand you have all of the all of this money and all of this funding spent to protect our schools and protect uh, things that are happening here, protect the internet and protect TV and all these issues, and yet you have cops who are tasering people to death, shooting dead people, and you have people uh, mistaken hairbrushes for for guns. So, I mean, look, I understand there's going to be train cops. They train cops listen, to be afraid. That's the thing. And I'm not bashing cops here. Okay, I have the utmost respect for police uh, police officers and law enforcement. I really do. There's no question about it. And I'm not trying to, you know, say here that oh, okay, cops, you know, this and that. But honestly, some of the cops that you see on these YouTube videos and some of the the articles that you read, you just realize that this the training needs to get st- stepped up a little bit, at least to say the absolute least, because uh, too many times innocent people are, you know, dying. They're getting murdered. Um, it's got to stop. I mean, the wedding the wedding day when really when I heard that, that was just. I mean, could you imagine? Could you try to imagine? It's, on your wedding day, it's so I mean, it's, horrible. It's, there's nothing. There's nothing at all I could even say about that. So you know, we we, we when we talk about police officers and we talk about the training that police officers get uh, from places, it's they really are trained to to think that civilians, as they call yes, us, civilians. or c- citizens, as it's properly supposed to be called, are bad, and that there's at any moment a civilian could pull a gun and just blow your head off right there any time. So you got to be on you got to be on edge, and and what happens? What ends up happening is they get jumpy. 
you know, so the first the kid a kid pulls out a hairbrush, they start blowing them away. Yeah. And if you shoot, they, they don't teach you in the police officer school to shoot once. They teach you to unload your clip. Right. And and at the same time, and I, again, I want to be fair about this. At the same time, um, I believe that if you are confronted by police, if you if for any reason whatsoever, you should show them the utmost respect. Get your hands up. You know, don't reach into your pockets, obviously, because look. You have to you have to look at it from both sides. If you're a cop and you have a gun pointed at someone, they go into their pocket. You're gonna have to fire. I mean, it's it is what it is, and, and there's always gonna, there are gonna be mistakes. Um, but sometimes you read about these articles, and, and there's no excuse for some of these things. And how police officers, whether it's in the political debates or just on the street somewhere, and it's not just America, folks. This is all over the world now, especially now in Canada with the Vancouver incident, and and certainly in uh, in England. You know, the more you read these articles where police are just, you know, murdering people uh, for for whatever reason, and uh, it's all because, oh, well, I thought they were terrorists. You read that article before because they suspected the guy of being, a, you know, a hijacker or a bomber. This has got to stop. We have well, to we have, have to train our police officers better. I have a video clip that we're not going to play right now, but coming up, um, where where we have a FEMA official actually training police officers and firefighters that the founding fathers were terrorists. I, I actually did see that. Yeah, and that's and that's a, a clip we're we're going to be playing uh, coming up here in a little bit. But that's just that's just one example of uh, how screwed up it is. Uh, our our whole you know uh, police training system and how the police are now uh, militarized and now. They're, you know, tough now. They're wearing body armor and they're wearing flak vests and they're, yeah. you know, starting to treat uh, uh, citizens as civilians, as they call them, which yeah. is which is a military term, an actual military term. We're citizens. We're not civilians. We're citizens, douchebags. Yeah. So, I think yeah. it's perfectly reasonable. Yeah. And it's no, you know, it's no longer, uh, you know, training cops as public servants. I think we actually touched upon the difference in the uniforms where it used to be like this light blue shirt with the hat. Now it's these ski masks with these heavy-duty gear and machine guns all over the place. You know, because, again, Al-Qaeda is always coming after us. You know, the border's open, but Al-Qaeda is always coming after us, Put folks. Put down that camera, you know, boy. we got to stop them over there, not here, before they get here, yet we're stopping civilians. And, you know, now we're living in a police state. So all this logic really just gets me dizzy and at the same time the more you research the training of uh, law enforcement uh, the police officers the, the goon squad really they're being trained uh, with military in mind it's like this uh, almost like this hazing incident where you know uh, that's that to me that explains why police officers in general are taking the approaches that they do because they're trained that you know you are the authority your badge is is proof of authority and you're no longer dealing with citizens you're dealing with civilians and and the the, the lemmings that walk the street so you know absolutely i mean it's they they when they get trained they're lined up into formations they're they're saluting sure. they're they're climbing ropes they're and climbing they laugh walls, about it. and they're and it's 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 a it is militaristic. It's very militaristic, and and that's not what it normally was about. It was normally about a uh, you know it was normally about law and order and and really just trying to uphold the law and and to serve and protect the public in any way that they can. Yeah, and when something does happen, when an incident happens, whether it's during a peaceful uh, protest or some kind of rally, when a when a cop or several cops shoot someone. You know, it happens, and all of a sudden, it gets lost into the memory hole. You know, you hear about this awful incident. There was something that happened a couple of years back, and I, I don't want to make a fool out of myself. I don't really remember, but it was something having to do with a woman getting shot. She didn't die. I think she was shot with rubber bullets, and she was knocked down. But, you know, they actually had video of the of the cops talking about it, and they were laughing about it. Because, again, it seems like a lot of officials and police officers today are getting trained uh, with, with something a lot different than public service in mind. To serve and protect is no longer their ultimate goal. 
Uh, I don't know what the hell the goal is now, but hell how? No, now it's now it's to enslave. And how convenient! And, and how convenient this all happens. And and over the last four, five, six years, this is all very convenient that the the police are becoming militarized, and yet the population now waking up. Um, by the, grows, by the hundreds of thousands freaking awesome. every single day. And, and I tell you, i got to give credit to a lot of American citizens, people who are really getting out there, standing up. you got the We Are Change crowd, but I'm talking more about the people who are protesting at political ra- rallies. Not, you know, nonviolent. I'm talking about nonviolent protests, you know, uh, civil dis- disobedience type thing. Oh, it's um, great, man. When you, when you start seeing politicians scared to walk down the streets because they're going to be confronted by activists, that's a beautiful thing, man. Or if they, if they exit their house and there are a bunch of protesters there with signs that's a beautiful thing man right that you you can't get away with what you're doing anymore you know, you know we're, now we're awake now we understand what's happening we understand the systems of controls that you're implementing and uh we're giving you hell for it well you know like it or not again yes! this is america we may have been brainwashed over the last 30 40 50 maybe even more uh 60 70 years but we're still americans we understand what's at stake and we do remember a couple of things from those uh, uh from those social studies books and i think it was the first show ben where we had king mob on and we were talking about several different things. You know, King Mob was actually a really good uh, interview. But you know, we talked about this is not a war with guns. We can never win this war by force. This is a war on information and speech. And if we practice civil disobedience and do our part as Americans, not because we can, speak it, brother, but because it is our duty. You have a responsibility to make sure government doesn't get too big, and they are way. Way too big, and I'm gonna I'm gonna get teary eyed before the break. God bless us all. You know, and we haven't even we haven't even touched the news yet. Uh, when we get back from the break, I want to talk about this is a major article: the Feds that raided the Liberty Dollar offices. Oh, but I, I'm gonna get some air. Thank you, Pi. You've inspired me. We'll be right back. Animal Farm Radio Show, AnimalFarmShow.com. Responsibilities these days. We laugh at sheep because sheep just follow the one in front. Ah, oh, stupid sheep. We humans have out sheep the sheep because at least the sheep need a sheepdog to keep uh, them in line. Humans keep each other in line. And they do it by ridiculing or condemning anyone who commits the crime, because that's what it's become, of being different. 
And what, what it does, Terry, when you step out of the little box of what would other people think, how do I put this in a way that people won't think I'm crazy, you then realize how small a box you've actually been living in. Most people have no idea the incredible threat we're under by the global elite. I mean, how am I supposed to sit here and explain to you the whole world's being set up to carry out eugenics operations? I have discovered that there is a whole parallel government operating. I have discovered there's a whole new world order. I have discovered all their documents. I have posted them. I have covered them. You know, you created the Federal Reserve in 1913 through lies. You could create 9-11, which is another lie. Through 9-11, you, then you're fighting a war on terror. And now all of a sudden you go into Iraq, which was another lie. And now they're going to do Iran. It is perfectly possible for a man to be out of prison and yet not free. To be under no physical constraint and yet to be psychologically captive. The nature of psychological compulsion is such that those who are act under constraint remain under the impression that they are acting of their own initiative. The victim of mind manipulation does not know that he is a victim. To him, the walls of his prison are invisible, and he believes himself to be free. That he is not free is only apparent to other people. His servitude is strictly objective. I'm just warning you, person to person, you better start researching my claims. You better start looking into what world government and what neo-feudalism and what serfdom means. Ron Paul and others have pointed out that Hitler and Stalin and people didn't have the nerve to put stuff like this down on paper. They just did it. Those who make themselves our enemy are advancing around the globe. The survival of our friends is in danger. The ultimate goal is to get everybody in this world chipped with the truth of the RFID chip and uh, have all money be on those chips and everything on those chips. And if anybody wants to protest what we do or violate what we want, we just turn off the chip. Because somebody can sell you something, but you don't have to buy it. When you understand that you've bought into it, that these people have no power at all, they do have control, but you have the power. You give it away. The fact that we, as ordinary people, even have an Alex Jones or anyone is a miracle to me. It is brilliant. So when you're getting pessimistic, for a moment, think that it's extremely recent times that we've even had the privilege of discovering this. That is a very recent phenomenon. We are back. You are here listening to the Animal Farm here on the Revere Radio Network. I'm your host, Ben Miller, and I'm chilling here with Tony Pax, and we also got Pyeth on the board. Don't be afraid to give us a call in. We love hearing from you. The number is 914-613-3166, and the IM name is Animal Farm Show, all one word. I want to say, uh, I want to say what's up to... Uh, Horsey Boy, Horsey Boy gave us an email and he said, you guys are great. I hope one day some producer will give you airtime on satellite radio instead of having Don Imus or Howard Stern. I agree. Thank, Thank you. you very much, Horsey Boy. Thank you, Horsey. That's, that's actually a really, that's a great compliment. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. And we're glad that you're listening. Uh, ben, we, we finished off there with some, some inspirational music from Pyeth. And behind that, I was actually ranting and raving about, you know, 
again, how as Americans, it's not just your privilege to walk around and, and have your freedom. It's your responsibility to protect it, and that's what we're trying to do. That's basically the, the reason for our radio show. But just to follow up with the police state news, I don't think God, we have, I love freedom. Yeah, I don't think we have much more uh, to go over. But there, there was uh, a couple of things that came out uh, from um, Jerome, Jerome Corsi. I'm sure many of you are familiar with his work. This is uh, he wrote this uh, on the 16th. He wrote it today. This was today. New federal legislation shows the Bush administration has begun begun systematically putting in place authorization for the president to federalize the National Guard and use the U.S. military in domestic emergency situations. A provision in the National Defense Authorization Act for fiscal year 2008, which is H.R. 1585, 1585, requires the Secretary of Defense to prepare and submit to Congress by March 1st of 2008 and each subsequent March 1st, a plan to coordinate the use of the National Guard and members of the armed forces on active duty when responding to natural disasters, acts of terrorism, and other man-made disasters. This so, sort of dictatorship, it'd be a heck of a lot easier. You know, it's it sounds logical. I mean, granted, you know, if there were such, you know, after Katrina, it was obvious that the government uh, failed and and miserably in so many horrible cases, and we're not going to open up that can of worms uh, at all right now. But you know, we obviously have to improve our, our emergency response time, Ben. I don't know what your feelings right, on this whole thing. Well, you know, the, for for people that don't know, there's something called Posse Comitatus, which was initiated after the Civil War. And the reason that it was initiated is because many of the soldiers from the Civil War um, that were policing the Southern uh, uh, quote unquote rebels were uh, were pretty much abusing their privilege as uh, as soldiers, and they were you know really just enslaving the South. And uh, so Congress passed a law called Posse Comitatus that basically stated that you weren't allowed to police civilians if you were a, a military man, and that's that's sort of part of the one of the many traditions of freedom in this country. And now it's being completely uh, sidestepped. For a, for a tyrannical government as everything else is. Reasonable. Yeah, of course he goes on to say Section 1806 of H.R. 1585 requires the Secretary of Defense to prepare two versions of the plan, one using only members of the National Guard and one using both members of the National Guard and members of the regular components of the armed services. The section also requires the Secretary of Defense's plan to specify protocols for the Department of Defense, the National Guard Bureau, and the governors of the several states to carry out operations in coordination with each other and to ensure that governors and local communities are properly informed and remain in control in their respective states and communities. Now, again, I mean, to the to the layman, to the average person, this may sound like a great thing. To me, it scares me because, again, our, our country is not secure and there's really no government effort to secure our borders. So, you know, in an event of a terrorist attack, which really could be, could be prevented in many ways by doing so, uh, it just seems like they're preparing for the, the latter. They're preparing for the result instead of the actual cause. So it just scares Damn, me a little bit. And, you know, Jerome Corsi does a lot of great work. He was actually invited in to uh, the United States Northern Command and to interview a couple of the generals there, and, and you know, I, I don't want to go on and on. I mean, this article is about four pages long, and the other one's about three. But again, every every week it seems like you see more of these bills uh, being brought up or passed that just uh, allow us, if in a case of an emergency, natural or non, to uh, you know, to be militarized and absolutely to be governed every, by everything is is so 
organizationally being laid out for us to become slaves ultimately in our own place. We had talked about uh, H.R. 1955 uh, maybe last week or the week before. A couple weeks ago. That had talked about uh, the domestic terrorist threat. And we'll be we'll be covering the domestic terrorist, uh, the quote-unquote domestic terrorist threat uh, coming up shortly and how they're starting to label patriots as domestic terrorists and Ron Paul supporters what as domestic you? terrorists. And, uh, you know, it's it's all systematically there to basically enslave us and to and – to, set up the police state for a martial law scenario where everybody's hunkered down, locked up, uh, formed into work brigades, uh, formed into, uh, um, into camps, into, into concentration camps, essentially. I have an article right here, actually, um, not right here, but, uh, I will in the second where it's, where it's talking about, uh, it, it, something that Bush put forward and, uh, and, uh, he basically gave Halliburton a no bid contract to start building concentration camps in the United States. Now this sounds crazy. Sounds absolute bananas, but I assure you it's completely true. Okay. And this is, and, and, and the, the title of they this article, this was, I know they, they pretty much do. This article was, uh, These printed in, patriots. <laughs> they're not defending the Republic. <laughs> they're here overturning our country, <laughs> our precious nation. It's like we're all retarded now. <laughs> it's okay, Alex. Thank you, Alex. Uh, this this article from, from uh, Tuesday, February 21st, uh, 2006, and this is called Bush's Mysterious New Programs, um, and, and, and this is uh, from Truth Out, and it basically talks about um, how uh, uh, Halliburton has gotten no-bid contracts to start building concentration camps here in the United States, and uh, it's 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 a very scary thing mm-hmm. when you look at the executive orders um, and and you look at what the laws that they've passed, what, the things that they can actually do to us, how they can close down highways and roadways, and they could stop schools, and how they they can literally come into our houses and take our property. It's utter slavery. You know, it's happening so, all over the United States, Ben, and it's happening right in Connecticut. I mean, our neighbors, right? We're in New York right now, in Connecticut. Uh, there are houses just being seized by the government. So, uh, and you add that with the the NAFTA superhighway and the Trans Texas Corridor and all that stuff. And, and again, we don't actually get a lot of news here about that. Um, hoping that if not this show, then maybe next show, my friend Carrie, who lives in Austin, who uh, is covering this whole uh, topic, maybe he can call in and give us some information because we need to know about that. This that's the beginning. That's the they call it the front line of the war on uh, America's borders. So yeah, all these things happening. And uh, it's it, a lot of the things that you know I hear media and, and articles and stuff like that. It's all doublethink. Everything you know, war is peace, and and and, and all these uh, freedom these, is slavery. Yeah, freedom is slavery, and you know, and black is white, and all these things. It's all doublethink. And not to uh, to criticize Fox News any more than we already have, but to talk about the ultimate form of doublespeak and doublethink. Those evildoers. The Fox Network, and and many of you know they. They deem themselves. The self-dubbed title is uh, fair and balanced. Ugh. And I just want to play this clip. And maybe there's no point behind playing it, but I just got to play it. This is um, one of the ridiculous da- daily shows. And it's regarding the news that scientists have just come out with saying that it's really not possible for suitcase nukes to be used in the U.S. Just just listen to the rhetoric. Listen to the dialogue. <laughs> and, uh, and then call in and let us know. Okay. In the meantime, folks, one less thing to worry about. Uh, nuclear bombs fitting into a suitcase. Well, it's been determined. You've probably seen that scenario in various movies, uh, nightmare scenarios. A terrorist slips into New York. Nuclear bomb in the case. Well, experts have determined, uh, report in the Associated Press, that a nuclear bomb in the suitcase, practically speaking, is impossible. There was some concern that the Russians, the Soviets, may have developed this in the former Soviet Union some years ago. The thing is, 
If it was developed, it would be too heavy to lug around. You need a lot of bellboys to help you with your nuclear bomb. You mean 24 isn't true? Right. Yeah, can you imagine 24 that? 24 is my favorite show. It is a little bit of a... I thought it was gospel. It's a little bit of a letdown. I like this quote, though. One intelligence official, U.S. intelligence official, says he is not 100% sure if he has a handle on the Russian arsenal. I like 100% oh. sure. I'm not 100% sure when the movie starts this afternoon. You know what I mean? But he, yeah. he's not 100% sure about the arsenal. Yeah, apparently a portable nuclear bomb would be more the size of an SUV. Uh, you know, I can go on. And then they start talking about their favorite movies and like, oh, well, what was that movie where terrorists got suitcase nukes and blew it up? And they start literally having, you know, a, a real conversation on, on live uh, TV here about, you know, how... Their favorite movies and terrorism. He was disappointed that, he, and, that and 24 that, wasn't real. Well that, was, <laughs> well, that was the kind of thing. And his disappointment was, well, you know, it's too heavy and it, it's just not possible. Damn it. Next thing in news. So, you know, I just, I don't know. I wanted to play it. I, forgive me. I, just the, the more I watch this network, I have to laugh kind of like that sound. Well, it goes into what we were just talking about here with, with you know, uh, the the forced labor camps and the uh, the position that they're putting themselves in to implement martial law. And, uh, you know, if you look up uh, Rex 84, you'll you'll see the official government plans to, Absolutely. to put us into work brigades. I found the uh, um, the labor camp section of this article that we were talking about, and it's uh, I'll read it right here. It says that there was also another little noticed item posted on the U.S. Army website about the Pentagon's civilian inmate labor program. Let me read that again. Go ahead. The Pentagon's civilian inmate labor program. This program provides Army policy and guidance for establishing civilian inmate labor programs and civilian prison camps on Army installations. The Army document, first drafted in 1997, before Bush was president, may I remind you, underwent a rapid action revision on January 14, 2005. The revision provides a template for developing agreements between Army and corrections facilities for the use of civilian inmate labor on Army installations. On its face, the Army labor program refers to inmates housed in federal, state, and local jails. So it's just prisoners. It's not civilians. The Army also cites various federal laws that govern the use of civilian labor and provides for establishment of prison camps in the United States, including a federal statute that authorizes the Attorney General, otherwise otherwise known as God, to establish, equip, and maintain camps upon sites selected by him and make available the service of the United States prisoners to very government departments, including the Departments of Defense. Turn off your radios now, folks, because if you're listening to this, you're going to be deemed a terrorist, and I'll see you in the concentration camps. Yeah, now you won't see me in the concentration camps. <laughs> I like nonsense. It wakes up the brain cells. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to say wake up, because uh, most of our listeners have, probably know a lot more than I do, and it, it wouldn't be necessary. But, yeah, I mean, how do we do it? How do we convince the, the the greater population to you know take a minute and stop watching the Fox News garbage and fluff and just try to pay attention to a couple of really you know actual things that are going on and actual bills and um, talking about serious things. I do want to cover this and many people I'm sure are wondering if we're going to cover this, but the FBI raided the Liberty Dollar offices. Uh, I believe this was two days ago. A company that and this, this again this comes out of WorldNet Daily. Um, this is today's article. A company that makes and distributes Liberty Dollar coins in various denominations has announced it's, it is shut down for now after a raid by the FBI and U.S. Secret Service agents in which documents, records, and coins in gold and silver were confiscated, Ben. Liberty Dollar produces and distributes the coins as private voluntary barter currency, 
or coins that compete with the Federal Reserve notes used in general economic circulation. So the FBI, Ben, literally went into this place and took tons. <laughs> just stole their. They just stole their money. I mean, this, they stole their stuff. <laughs> this is not a laughing matter. I mean, how do you apply this? Just think about it. If you're a business owner, or if you just own a house, or even if you rent an apartment, could you imagine the FBI coming in, warrantless FBI coming in, and taking your assets, taking your computers, seizing your documents, and taking your money? And you know, this, I, this was not even covered in the mainstream news at all today, as far as I know. And I'm not sure if Hannity and all of his boys and, and O'Reilly's going to cover this. I doubt it, because you know, you got Bonds and you got you know O.J. Simpson. This is important stuff. This is really, this is unbelievable. Um, when I heard about this, I, I honestly tell you the truth, I didn't believe it. I, I didn't believe it. Either. I was like, you're kidding me. They, they literally yeah. went in there, just stole their stuff, and then didn't charge anybody with any. Like, they just arrested people, stole their stuff, and that's it. Like that's I think it. it's perfectly reasonable. Yeah, in a news release signed by Bernard von Nothaus, I don't know how to pronounce his name, uh, the monetary architect for the company in Ellensville, Indiana, officials announced yesterday a dozen FBI and Secret Service agents raided the office. For approximately six hours, they took all the gold, all the silver, all the platinum, and almost two tons of Ron Paul dollars that were just delivered last Friday. God help us. They also took all of the files and computers and froze our bank accounts, which is what he was saying. That's what the letter, letter said. And, and I tell you, actually, just to confirm this, Ben, I went on to libertydollar.org last night just to see, you know, what the web was saying about this. And maybe their website was down. Their website wasn't down, but I went to go actually purchase a Ron Paul dollar. And, and that was down, right? those, all those pages are down. And I challenge you to check it out. Um, the only place that I could find Ron Paul dollars in, in any type, silver, platinum, gold, or copper, whatever, uh, is on eBay, and they're going for unbelievably high amounts of money right now. Uh, this is really not funny. I'm sorry. This is... This, he goes on. We have no money. We have no products. We have no records to even know what was ordered or what we are owed. We have nothing but the will to push forward and overcome this massive assault on our liberty and our right to have real money as defined by the United States Constitution. I'm not going to read on. I'm sick of it. This is this is not just – I mean, granted, a police officer shoots someone who's innocent. That's horrible. It's unexcusable. This is, this is to me, even worse in some ways because of just the absolute lawless – this is not a mistake – this is complete and utter lawlessness. Well, here's the thing, man. Okay, this this is one thing that you know a lot of people aren't understood. As 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 Americans, we are very aware of the overt forms of tyranny, and we're very aware of the the, the sort of uh, the bullying and the Gestapo tactics of the police, and we get easily mad at that. But a lot of us are completely still unaware of the economic forms of slavery and the psychological forms of slavery, where they literally make you a slave in an economic sense where you have to work nine to five year job and you, your wife has to work too just in order to make things meet in your house right. and they devalue our dollar on purpose uh, and in and, and such great amounts that your money's literally worthless and then when you try to establish a new currency to counter that dollar being being absolutely worthless they come and they just take all your crap away they just yeah. take it all away Bunch and Exactly, Alex. And they and they just literally raid places, take two tons of gold and silver, don't tell anybody, and just say it was illegal, even though it wasn't illegal. I want right. you to rise up and get fired up. 
fired up fired and get up. angry and just, just start grinding your teeth and just get mentally ready. And if they keep pushing, we're going to take them. And I mean take them savage. I mean run them down. I mean take their heads and just ram them into the concrete. When they just heads just blast open. Just crush them. You know what I'm talking about. Just bite big, huge, bloody chunks right out of them. Nothing can stop us. Well, you know, I, I, I have to defer. That's... That's basically what's going on in my mind. I, 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 I <laughs> Me too. You know, just to just to finish up here, the United States Secret Service and Federal Bureau of Investigation officials both declined comment on this issue, referring to the World Net Daily and the U.S. Attorney's Office in North Carolina. Uh, there, a spokeswoman told uh, World Net Daily that she had no information. I'm, again, I'm, I'm going to stop there. I'm really going to stop this time because, again, folks, if this is true and it seems as though it is and it's confirmed, and I would challenge you to all go on the web. That's and, a fact. And, yeah, thank you. That's a fact. Thanks, George. Uh, seriously, folks, you know, do the research and and let let us know here at the Animal Farm uh, whether it's uh, during or after our show if you can find any information out because this this is un unacceptable completely. I mean, again, this is not an accident. And uh, I thought I had read somewhere, Ben, and again, don't quote me, but I thought I had read that there were there were court cases that were dealing with the I guess the legality of selling this currency. I mean, people were using these Liberty dollars, and many many of the I listeners there, tonight. I, I think there were court cases, and and they ruled in favor of the Liberty. Well, you know, dollar. again, God forbid the Constitution has something to say about anything these days. But um, <laughs> no. you know, folks, this is really I mean, this could be the line in the sand for a lot of people. And I hope, and I'm I'm not expecting anything, but I really hope that Ron Paul himself has said. Um, uh, many of you know he said on TV many times a dollar is basically worth four cents, and that actually might be a little bit more than it's worth. But Ron Paul, I hope, will address this issue. He probably won't because again, this is a bit sensitive right now, and this is you know to break this story as a presidential yeah, I mean, candidate. Who knows, man? This is this is really unbelievable. You should address it anyways. It's I one hope of his, so. It's one of the platforms that he's running on is legalizing competition, yeah. and, and it's not even legalizing competition. This competition is completely legal according to, comp- to the Constitution. If you look at the Constitution, which is the ultimate law of the land. Mm-hmm. Gold and silver is specifically listed in there, specifically listed as the only legal tender. Just imagine how much money the FBI, and I guess the Secret Service now, imagine how much money the government has now from this warehouse alone because of an illegal action. They go in, it's, it's, it's thievery. It's, they robbed this building it, it completely illegally. So this alarmed the hell out of me, folks, and... Um, you know, I know we we read a lot of police state stuff. We read a lot about finance. We know the dollars going in the can. We understand all these issues, and we try to talk about them to the best of our ability. But this here is unacceptable. And, and oh, yeah, try to man. keep in mind too, uh, just to just to add and maybe just finish up here. But try to imagine the people who purchased Liberty dollars but didn't actually get the physical gold coins and got certificates uh, representing those coins that were stored and, and secured. And those people have nothing. They just have a piece of paper now, which you know it's no which different. Which is as worthless as dollars. <laughs> say. So um, again, every week, Ben, every week I read an article that you know it makes me almost faint in my chair. And uh, I, I have all to do just but to bring it up. So Government is yeah. not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. Thank Amen. you. Amen, brother. What was that, Reagan? Yeah, that, that sounded Reagan. like Reagan. That sounded like Reagan. But, uh, Ben, we have a lot more to talk about. We haven't even scratched the surface, and, and I'm going to defer to you on this particular one. Do you want to uh, – we have a break coming up a little while, but we, we can sort of preface the – and we haven't even talked about Ron Paul. We haven't even uh, talked about our, our boy what do we Ron ha- How much do we have to, before we the still break? We've still got about another – Five minutes. Another five minutes about or so. Five, <laughs> about five minutes till break. We can we can start. I well, don't even, I don't even know what to say. I guess I would say that things are building up into a crescendo. 
uh, even since we started getting on the air. Uh, we've been on the air for five weeks now, um, doing a show once a week, two hours a week, uh, and things have surprisingly gotten so much worse just in those five weeks. You know, we had talked about worse. Yeah. last week or two weeks ago them sort of using HR 1955, and then you could sort of see the rhetoric coming from the neocons on the on the radio stations and the television, basically calling us terrorists and sort of hinting at at where where we're terrorists and what's uh, happening coming up uh, with uh, Ron Paul and Glenn Beck. If you know Glenn Beck, who is ultimately known as the turd. Well, we have here. dubbed him the turd. He I want to make turd. that known. We have dubbed Glenn. Well, actually, really, you. It's not me. I just try to say I don't want to polish turds. You, He's Ben Miller, has said. <laughs> He's dubbed he's Glenn Beck the ultimate turd. The ultimate turd, um, okay. and he's he's basically uh, he's taking <laughs> a big step this week in, uh, in in calling us terrorists. Step, I would say more of a leap. <laughs> yeah, I would say I would say a leap too, I guess. And I was being a little too kind. I was maybe polishing the turd. Uh, you might have actually been uh, polishing turds there, Ben. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to get into it. That's, I don't want to, you know, abuse our our listeners with that topic. But ultimately, yes, it, this is. Jeez, uh, is unbelievable. It's, oh yeah, but just, just one more thing there, and t- talk about nine one nine five five nineteen fifty five. Uh, there hasn't been any updates as of yet. Most of you know we reported a couple shows ago that on October thirteenth it was passed. Unbelievably, by the House, I think one person voted against it. But we will keep you up to date as much as possible. Check our website because that really is—that's a huge. It's not doesn't just affect us because yes, we're on the internet and we are talking against the government. We are showing open dissent. But yes, they use the literal—they use the literal term "homegrown terrorism" in this bill. So we're not talking about Al Qaeda. We're talking about Ben Miller, Anthony Pax, and 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 Empire from the soundboard. We're talking about homegrown terrorism, and that's you know because they consider us terrorists now. Basically, and, there, and what that what that bill does is it literally is uh, is calling us terrorists or trying to establish a connection with us being terrorists. Plain and it's simple. Uh, pretty much, you know, putting trying to take us off the air for hate speech and and this and that and uh, and and basically basically just trying to uh, categorize everybody that doesn't agree with their sick, twisted views as terrorists, which uh, actually right now happens to. Uh, be 90% of the country or so, given uh, Congress's approval rating and uh, Democrat and Republicans' approval rating, along with uh, uh, the president, our President George W. Bush and our Vice President Dictator Cheney. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think Congress's uh, approval rating is at about 11%, and I think even that's high. And I would say, uh, I don't even know what the president's approval rating really is now. I won't even try to guess. George but, W. Uh, if anybody <laughs> in this, and I know, of course, there are plenty of people, but I'm sure if, if anybody out there really uh, approves of George Bush and his administration's policy. Now, call in now, yeah, call please. In right now. We need somebody to call in and say, look, I disagree. No. And the, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what you're not doing. I don't know what you're not thinking about. But um, again, yeah. it, I think a lot of people are just consumed with the idea that it's it, it's not real until it affects me. Yeah, drugs and alcohol. It, it's it's not <laughs> it's not happening unless it's happening in my backyard, and that's a dangerous, dangerous thing. And I, I think you know you touched upon the idea, Ben, where you know maybe uh, we don't get as mad as let's say an Alex Jones or even a Jack Blood or other hosts on the network. Uh, I'm serious. Yeah, you know, other truthers out there, but I think maybe one of the reasons why Alex Jones in particular gets a little angry is he lives in Austin, Texas. I mean, he lives on the so-called front line, not just for the border issue, but for so many other problems that are going on. There seeing you know they, they saw the driver's license issues before we did and they had Don't a lot more talk about the real id act way before 9-11 so you know when we're doing this for seven more years i think maybe it'll be a little bit more uh it will be a little more angry but uh once again folks before we continue call in uh don't be afraid 
3166-913-6166 or Skype us directly. <laughs> Thank you, George. Skype us directly at Animal Farm Show. And when we uh, when we get back from the break, we're going to play that, that Glenn Beck clip and uh, how he's basically connecting us to uh, terrorists and all-around Paul supporters to terrorists. And mm-hmm. uh, we're, we're going to comment about it a little more because, uh, man, what – what a clip! I mean, yeah. what a and pushing. He, yeah, what did he he hired some communists, some ex-communists or something like that that was sort of supposed to supposed to uh what is it, just just talk yeah. junk and, and make connections that didn't exist. The factual inaccuracies of this article are mind blowing. Yeah, beyond mind blowing. It, it is it is so beyond. I I mean, are we going to be pausing during the thing or should we just play it and then comment on it? Because I don't know if I could listen to this guy freaking talk without saying something. I think like maybe I, I think maybe our best bet's to pause and I think maybe. You'll lead that action. I, I, again, this is uh, to push the envelope. Here would be the biggest understatement of the month. Glenn Beck has outdone O'Reilly. He's outdone Sean Hannity. He has literally not specifically said uh, that you know Ron Paul supporters are terrorists, but he's really making the connection now, folks. Get this: that people who support the Ron Paul revolution. Um, are a threat to the country, to say the least. And when we get back from break, uh, believe it or not, folks, it's happening. This is your country. This is America. And it's happening in your backyard, no matter what state it's happening in. So we'll be right back. It's the Animal Farm Radio Show, folks. Revere Radio Network. We'll be back after these short messages. I know the human being and fish can coexist peacefully. But we'll stand the test of time. Sovereignty and freedom, alive for all. Revere Radio Network. If you want to give us a call here at the Animal Farm, dial 914-613-3166. Yeah, go ahead and finish up. Finish up! When the weapons of mass destruction thing turned out not to be true, I expected the American people to rise up. They didn't. Then, when the Abu Ghraib torture thing surfaced and it was revealed that our government participated in rendition, a practice where we kidnap people and turn them over to regimes who specialize in torture, I was sure then the American people would be heard from. We stood mute. Then came the news that we jailed thousands of so-called terrorist suspects, locked them up without the right to a trial or even the right to confront their accusers. Certainly, we would never stand for that. We did. And now it's been discovered the executive branch has been conducting massive illegal domestic surveillance on its own citizens. You and me. 
and I at least consoled myself that finally, finally, the American people will have had enough. Evidently, we haven't. In fact, if the people of this country have spoken the messages, we're okay with it all. Torture, warrantless search and seizures, illegal wiretappings, prison without a fair trial, or any trial, war on false pretenses. We as a citizenry are apparently not offended. There are no demonstrations on college campuses. In fact, there's no clear indication that young people even seem to notice. Well, Melissa Hughes noticed. Now, you might think, instead of withholding her taxes, she could have protested the old-fashioned way, made a placard and demonstrated at a presidential or vice-presidential appearance. But we've lost the right to that as well. The Secret Service can now declare free speech zones to contain, control, and in effect, criminalize protest. Stop for a second and try to fathom that. At a presidential rally parade or appearance. If you have on a supportive t-shirt, you can be there. If you're wearing or carrying something in protest, you can be removed. This in the United States of America, this in the United States of America, is Melissa Hughes the only one embarrassed? Mr. Shaw, that's a chair for witnesses only. Really long speeches make me so tired sometimes. Please get out of the chair. Actually, I'm sick and tired. Get out of the chair. And what I'm most sick and tired of is how every time somebody disagrees with how the government is running things, he or she is labeled un-American. Evidently, it's speech time. And speech in this country is free, you hack. Free for me, free for you, free for Melissa Hughes to stand up to her government and say, stick it. Objection. I object to government abusing its power to squash the constitutional freedoms of its citizenry. And God forbid anybody challenge it. They're smeared as being a heretic. Melissa Hughes is an American. Melissa Hughes is an American. Melissa Hughes is an American. Mr. Shaw, unless you have anything new and fresh to say, please sit down. You've breached the decorum of my courtroom with all this hooting. Last night, I went to bed with a book. Not as much fun as a 29-year-old, but the book contained a speech by Adelaide Stevenson. The year was 1952. He said, the tragedy of our day is the climate of fear in which we live, and fear breeds repression. Too often, sinister threats to the Bill of Rights, to freedom of the mind, are concealed under the patriotic cloak of anti-communism. Today... It's the cloak of anti-terrorism. Stevenson also remarked, it's far easier to fight for principles than to live up to them. I know we are all afraid. But the Bill of Rights, we have to live up to that. We simply must. That's all Melissa Hughes was trying to say. She was speaking for you. I would ask you now to go back to that room and speak for her.
folks, we are back. You are here listening to the Animal Farm on the Revere Radio Network. The number to call in is 914-613-3166. Give us a call here, 914-613-3166. We're looking forward forward to what you have to say, especially about this Ron Paul clip coming up. And also the IM name, if you want to uh, uh, drop us an IM, is Animal Farm Show, one word, uh, and that's on the AIM. And also if you want to drop us a Skype, it's Animal Farm Show, one word. So uh, definitely get in contact uh, with us. We'd love to hear from you. Now, uh, do we want to get into this turd or what? Well, yeah. I mean, just to preface it, uh, you know, it seems as though every single week, me watching the news, I, I pick up that these, I call them neocons, whatever the hell you want to call them, these media moguls, every week it seems like they try to outdo one another with just un, just ridiculous topics and news and stories. And it doesn't always revolve around Ron Paul, of course. This goes on with everything. It could be about um, teenage drinking or something that's going on in the media or Rosie O'Donnell or whatever the hell it is. But this week, Ben, I think Glenn Beck has set the precedent. I think he has set a new bar in yellow journalism, yes, but a term that I can't even make up on the spot, something that's even way beyond. It's it's just asinine turdery. It's just (laughs) (laughs) ultimate hypocrisy. And the reason why I say hypocrisy is it's one thing if you watch Bill O'Reilly, who's going to give you the same crap night in, night out. It's going to give you neocon, push, fascism, whatever you want to call it. He's... He's basically oh, and I, the one thing I'll say about <laughs> the one thing I'll say about O'Reilly is that he's pretty much been consistent the whole way through. I mean, yeah, since has. 9/11 at least, he's always pushed the the neocon agenda, this this bullshit conservative agenda. Pardon the expression. Um, that man is sick. You know, and he'll he'll basically show the same hand every night. However, Glenn Beck, and I think we've touched upon this several times, Glenn Beck's the kind of guy where one night he'll make a lot of great nonpartisan points about the border security and how it's destroying America, and then he'll talk about government and its power and how it's getting abu- how the government's uh, abusing their power, and then he'll come out and speak out against Ron Paul, even though he's for closed borders. So I don't understand. I think he's the ultimate media hypocrite. In the, in the history of mankind, but I want you to take it away, Ben, because I know you want to preface this whole thing a little bit more than I do, as far as what he said this week and what he was talking about. I don't, I don't even know if we need to preface it. I just, I, I, should we just play it? I think it speaks for itself because it's, it's a little bit. I mean, just to keep the sanity level somewhere in the green zone, why don't you play it? And when you want to pause it, or if I want to pause it, we'll, we'll give it a break there and, and we'll comment because this, folks. This is going a little over the deep end. As you all know, November the 5th, Ron Paul raised a record high 4-point-something, 4.3 million dollars, which broke down all records for Republican one-day uh, fundraising. This is all grassroots support, by the way, uh, all internet support, basically. So um, this was the reaction. We talked about what was going to happen. We talked about attack, and we said, you know, we actually questioned what they were going to do to attack Ron Paul because he's so difficult to, to attack. He's not a flip-flopper. He's a, he's a gentleman. He, he, you know, he's In our armed forces. You yeah. know, Is this it? Hey, you want to play I was thinking uh, this morning when... Go ahead. Yeah, that's the clip. Why don't you play the clip? Go ahead. Uh, I got you. Right. Let me give this... Glenn a... Beck, I believe this was, uh, this was, what, Tuesday or Wednesday this week. I don't really remember. Yeah, and it's a pretty long clip, so... Yeah, bear, he, he has people us. on, yeah. But we'll, we'll stop it when, when necessary. And and for those of you who don't know, Glenn Beck is on CNN, I believe, every night around 6 or 7 o'clock, something like that. Ooh, uh, it's not playing. Okay, well, just g- give it a second there, and when it, when it plays, it plays. But um, just to give you an idea of what he was doing, Glenn Beck is basically now saying that the Ron Paul revolution, first of all, he, he was attacking first off about the day that the, and this was all supporters, that they, so the day the supporters chose 
to have this fundraiser was based off of the movie V for Vendetta. Now, granted, the V for Vendetta, the movie, was based off of the Guy Fox incident where uh, Guy Fox tried to, to you know, blow up Parliament, all this stuff. But the day itself from supporters, they chose November the 5th because in V for Vendetta, that's the day where V, the character, the main character – decided to have his revolution, and it was it was a symbolic thing, and even Ron Paul had no idea this was even going on until uh, maybe a week and a half beforehand, so, um, you know, it wasn't meant to be uh, a violent act, and I think Ben's still trying to cue that clip up, so we'll, we'll, we'll keep on, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> Glenn Beck goes on, and he starts this with, you know, blah, 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 you know, we always talk about uh, uh, threats from outside the country, but let's now talk about threats from inside, and he actually goes on to say that the Ron Paul revolution and the people who support Ron Paul are somehow a threat to this country. Now, keep in mind, this man has come from out of nowhere, from out of the ground, um, to actually now uh, he, people need to consider him an actual candidate because now he's, he's sprouted out out of the ground like like a, a mushroom gra- yes, cap growing out of crap. In our armed forces. Oh, here we go. Wow. You know, I was thinking uh, this morning, when, when you enlist in the military, you have to take an oath that says you're going to support and defend the Constitution of the United States against... Uh, we're, we're, it, yeah, this, it's is, this is skipping. Okay, why don't, why don't, I'll tell you what, ben, I'll, I'll get denied. it. Why don't you talk about it a little bit more because I'm going to put a hole through the wall here because when okay, I think so more he, about what he was saying, it made me nuts because I am a Ron Paul supporter, granted. Yeah, and he and he basically he basically talks about you know Ron Paul supporters and sort of t- tries to connect them with, with Islamo-fascists, basically. Right. He, he, what he does is he makes these, these hardcore connections like between Ron Paul – and then between libertarians and then libertarians between Islamo fascists, the guess that he has on sort of his in says that we are and and other libertarians are in bed with Islamo fascists, which no is uh, which is couldn't couldn't be further from the truth because no! people like that, the neocons that uh, are basically literally created the Islamo fascists with the uh, with the uh, birth of the Mujahideen. Uh, back in the day, and, and Carter's administration, uh, and Zbigniew Brzezinski, who was the national security advisor for Carter's administration, and uh, it's 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 a sad state of affairs that they basically create the terrorists, then they have this enemy that they can use uh, to demonize people and uh, start their wars, and then they start to uh, you know the people that want to stop the wars and and don't want people to get killed basically speak out against it, and then they use the terrorists again to call yeah. us terrorists and and basically uh, yeah. and, and imprison us. I so. think that I think that Uniquely Boston American, isn't it? yeah sure it is. Uh, I think that Boston legal clip that we had playing on the break really kind of uh, appropriately preface the whole thing it's you know if nothing else regardless of agree or disagree we need to protect the constitution the bill of rights otherwise we don't have anything we have nothing at all but i will play the clip now and and i want to get your feedback we all want your feedback 914-613-3166 but here's the glenn beck clip god i love freedom in our armed forces you know i was thinking uh, this morning when when you enlist in the military you have to take an oath that says you're going to support and defend the constitution of the united states against all enemies foreign and domestic. On this program, we talk a lot about the foreign threats. Maybe tonight we should spend some time on the growing domestic one. It's easy to sit back and, uh, and watch television and complain that our politicians aren't listening to us, that they're lying to us about the border, about out-of-control spending, or their apparent relentless quest to hand our country over to special interests. It feels, at least to me, like our leaders reflect an America that most of us don't even recognize. Well, here's the point tonight. 
While our foreign enemies are the obvious ones, the physical threat may be developing domestically as well. And here's how I got there. As I told you last week, Ron Paul raised over $4 million in one day. That's huge news. His supporters raised the cash on November the 5th to commemorate Guy Fox. This guy was a, a British... Uh, okay, we just, I, I got to stop there because like I, like I had just said, and, and this was clarified by Ron Paul, by a lot of his, his campaign manager was interviewed, I believe it was today on the AJ Show. Um, no, this, again, this whole event, this November 5th fundraising event, was completely orchestrated by grassroots supporters. It was actually done by one man. I just don't know his name. And it was not – the symbolism behind the event was, yes, November the 5th, but it was because of the V for Vendetta movie, and it was because we want a revolution. And, of course, the Ron Paul campaign slogan is the Ron Paul revolution. So it had nothing to do with representing Guy Fox well, as a hero. Even that's not the campaign slogan. Even that's an independent that's, yeah, you're right. as well. You know? I'm, I'm sorry, the Ben. Ron you're Paul absolutely revolution. right. A lot of the stuff that happens is, is all great. But he does speak of revolution often. Yeah, so. and, I, and and there's nothing wrong with revolution. Uh, bottom line, the word revolution is about as American as apple pie, and so is the word dissent. This is how our country formed not so many years ago. But let's, let's continue. Terrorist who tried to overthrow the government by blowing up parliament and killing everybody in it. Paul He's obviously speaking about Guy Fox. All supporters called the donations, and I'm quoting, a money bomb. Fox was caught the very last minute, uh, some say with, a, with his hand on a torch about to light the gunpowder under Parliament. Now, the vast majority of Paul's supporters take this little metaphor the way it's intended, as a rallying cry to create a dramatic political shift. It's really not the way I would go, you know, tying my movement in with a historical terrorist attack, because uh, in, especially in post-9-11 America. But, hey, you know, I'm a libertarian at heart. I get it. You raise money however you want, as long as you're not blowing other people up. But, America, here's what you need to know tonight. Ron Paul's supporters are tapping in to something that's very real. It's something that I've talked about on this program for a very long time. The rising tide of disenfranchisement in this country. And it's coming from all sides of the political spectrum. If that feeling of disenfranchisement leads to political discussion, then our system works perfectly. But if fringe elements take that disenfranchisement and turn it into violence... This is a term that you hear a lot, especially out of the Bill O'Reilly's and out of the Glenn Beck's of the world, fringe. fringe. You, hear, you heard it with the O'Reilly clip a couple weeks ago on our show when he was talking about uh, whatever the hell he was talking about, the Mark Cuban film and, and the, the, the we are change.org, whatever, uh, moveon.org. The word fringe is really being used hardcore, and I think it's you know it's saying, well, there's a couple of small little groups here and there. That are trying to threaten us and everything yeah. that we love. Uh, but instead of using disenfranchisement or whatever, different, different franchisement, I would just use the word the way it is, dissent. We are dissenting. We do not approve of hundreds of things the government's doing, so we are dissenting. And thank God we have a man like Ron Paul um, – we have hope, ultimately, but let's just go on. I'm sorry. We endanger the freedoms we're supposedly all fighting for. David Horowitz is the author of Indoctrination U, The Left's War Against Academic Freedom, and Jonathan Sands. He is a writer and founder of Churchill's uh, Britain. He is also the great-great-grandson uh, great of Sir Winston Churchill. Jonathan and uh, David, it's good to have you here. Jonathan, let me, uh, let me start with you. Guy Hawks, uh, or Fox, as I understand it, he is... Basically, um, uh, uh, an old-timey uh, Timothy McVeigh. 
Shut up. Sorry, say that again. That, that, he's, that he is England's version in the 1600s of Timothy McVeigh, except Shut his up. bomb didn't work. He's a terrorist, yes. is he not? Yes, yes. Okay, again, so the whole argument here and the whole discussion, I mean, they're already they're already off the, the beaten path here. The whole argument is that the the grassroots supporters who put this, or the, the, the man, I should say, who put this campaign money bomb together, again, was doing it because of Guy Fox. It had nothing to do with Guy Fox. I understand that the movie and, and the history behind it, I understand that part of it. But again, it was just a, symbol, a symbolic thing. It was a, a marketing thing, and a brilliant one at that. Absolutely. It was brilliant, absolutely brilliant, obviously, the money it pulled in. Yes, he was a terrorist, very much so. He had a very clear set of views. He was a Catholic and wanted to return Britain to, uh, to a Catholic realm. And he was backed by the Pope in Rome to blow up Parliament, blow up James I and his government. Okay. And overthrow and then have a Catholic... Can you pause that for a second? Go ahead. Okay. Now, here's the thing, and this is what they do, okay, because for the average moron out there, the average moron, stupid American that doesn't know their ass from their elbow literally listens to this and all they hear is Ron Paul, terrorist, yeah, Guy Fox, right, terrorist, Timothy McVeigh, blow up building, that's all they hear. Yeah. And, and again, those are the key words that they put out there and they make these connections in a in a psychological fashion or they use all these these nouns pretty much as as the uh, as the moron moronic uh, Americans would would listen to and and just hear the nouns of it all and just put those together and lump this is those the test of the emergency moron together. system. Yeah, and again, we're, we're, they're talking about Guy Fox had nothing to do with this campaign. Uh, fundraising uh, money bomb, whatever you want to call it, but let's just go on. Yeah. A Catholic king reinstated. All right. Now, one of his big things, and I think this is where it ties into today, one of his big things was he felt that nobody was listening to him, that the government wouldn't respond. We felt that way, and that's why we disbanded from, the, uh, uh, from Great Britain in the 1700s as well, because we, were, we felt like the king wasn't listening to us. Do you sense at all that this is the same kind of thing that is going on in Great Britain and in America right now? Yes, this is a problem that we are facing at the moment in Great Britain, and certainly, and also in America. Uh, we have governments that are promising um, an awful lot of things for, for the voters, but they aren't delivering on them. But nobody is actually asking the people, what do you actually want? What is it in, in education that you want? What is it um, in life that you actually want? Nobody. Nobody cares. Well, I, uh, David, let me let me go to you, um, because you were a you were a Marxist in the '60s. You were a radical. You were a guy that was exactly the opposite of where you are now. Uh, Winston Churchill, I believe, said that you know when you grow up, you need to get some common sense. Um, is this the same kind of thing, or is this worse than what it was in the '60s with the radicals then? Oh, I think it's much worse. So first of all, when asked, my parents were communists, and they were part of a vast conspiracy that was orchestrated from Moscow and wanted America to lose the Cold War. We have uh, a lot of people in this country who think that we're the enemy. Um, and a lot of them are drawn from the ranks of the old left and the new left, uh, the secular left. Uh, but to them has been added a, you know, a whole new constituency of Muslim radicals of which there are many in this country and in our, our campuses. And then the uh, Democratic Party leaders, out of a very uh, short-sighted desire uh, for political advantage, uh, have defected from a war that they, that they all supported uh, and have denigrated the mission of this war and fueled the, uh, 
you know, the fires of what you call disenfranchisement. Let me, you know, let me go. Let me, let me take it. Okay, yeah, I know. They're branching off. It's getting a little boring. I understand. But the significance of this is, I think, very, very important. Now they're tying in this whole fringe movement and all that the dissenters in this country do. Now it's hurting the war. I mean, this is like 2003 speak. It's 2002 argument stuff. This is ridiculous. But it's really prevalent because it's it's they're they're setting a new standard now. Now they're setting a, a standard as if you're against the war and if you're against what we're saying and what we're doing, you're helping the enemy. Now you're a danger yeah. to us. Now we have the moral obligation to lock you up and do whatever we want with you because you are endangering us. And and that's that's their logic towards it. Yeah. That's their rationale. And it's not even logic or rationale. It's honest to god propaganda. These put people are putting out. Government propaganda, yeah. simple. More specifically, though, and, and to get a little bit more, you know, get under the microscope a little bit more, it's very simple. There is a man. He's been a congressman. He's been a physician. He's running for president. He is was a no-name uh, seven months ago. All of a sudden, in the last six months, in the last month and a half, he has raised an, an incredible amount of money. Go to ronpaul2008.com, and you'll see what I'm saying. The counter is constantly going up. He's got amazing support from all over the United States of America. He's being recognized in all fronts as America's last hope. It's a very simple equation. Right or wrong, whether you agree or disagree with what he has to say, is regardless. It's, it's, a, it's a moot point. The bottom line is that this guy is getting into the race. He's a real candidate now, and he's actually got a chance. And all of these media moguls, moguls are freaking out. They're freaking out on the air. They, they don't know how to attack this man. So what they do is they say, well, let's think about it. We can't attack Ron Paul, but his supporters are using words like money bomb. And they're using the, the movie V for Vendetta as a, as a metaphor for their campaign fundraising uh, you know, uh, edition or money bomb. So let's attack the campaign people. Let's say that – and I said this two shows ago, but I said they're going to they're gonna attack Ron Paul because he was on Alex Jones' show. They're going to try to tie him in somehow with these fringe groups or these 9-11 truthers or the Rosie O'Donnell far-lefters. But again, he's a Republican. I want to finish this clip up because this is, this is outrageous. Back the other way, though, David. It's, it's it's not just the left this time. It's also the right. I mean, Ron Paul hey. supporters are also the right, and that's from people saying, you know what? Bush has really uh, not told not told us the truth, not told the American people the truth on on government spending, uh, on the border, and even when it comes to the war, you didn't tell us that we are in the fight of our life. You told us to go shopping. Well, but he did say it's going to be a long war. It, you're right. Uh, there's a, a strain of isolationism and anarchy in the American tradition, which uh, Ron Paul is tapping into. Uh, anarchy. I think it's very simple. Pause that. Chose yeah. Guy Fox. Uh, pause that. See, this is this is another thing that they do. They use that word a lot. They use anarchists in the word anarchy. This is, this is our big talking point. No, no, no. We're not anarchists, okay? Anarchists don't believe in the law, okay? We believe in a law. We believe in a constitution, which is the law of the state. You are the anarchists. You are the people that don't abide by the law. You're the people that are spying on us and, and taking away our freedoms and literally freaking harassing us, opening our mail, reading our email, AT&T spying on us wirelessly. You are the people that are lawless, that are breaking the law, not us. So get that through your freaking head. You and if nothing uh. else, and, and, and to add to what you're saying, if nothing else, we're anarch anarchists to their plan. To them, we're anarchists because we're destroying their plan. But we are all for America. We're what... You know, we're for what this country was founded on, so we're not anarchists for America, but we are anarchists for the global elite, 
and the neocon agenda. We have a, a break coming up. When we come back, we're going to finish this clip. We have the Ron Paul radio ad. You listen to the Animal Farm Radio Show on Revere Radio. this Ron Paul stuff, and we had some other stuff that we wanted to get to. You want to finish that, uh, yeah, that, let's that finish video of the turd? we got to finish the turd. Okay, so again, they're talking about us as anarchists. Uh, as, a, as an image. Uh, there are plenty of, Showing pictures of Ron Paul right now. libertarian websites which are indistinguishable from the anti-American lefties days. Yes. Uh, LouRockwell.com and others like that. They are uh, totally in bed with the Islamo-fascists um, uh. and a turn against this country. Ben, do me a favor, because... I'm a little ignorant when it comes to uh, politics. Can you explain to me what an Islamo-fascist is? Because I was under the impression that fascism had something to do with the synergistic efforts of the government and, and big business. So in other words, like Aaron Russo said, and I think he was quoting Mussolini, it's more corporatism than fascism. So how the hell are Islamic people fascists? And how is it affecting America? How can the synergistic efforts between Islamic government and big business be a threat to America? Okay, well, here's the deal. If you, uh, I'm sorry, I'm so ignorant. No, 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 no. If you're... Uh, basically, what they're talking about when they talk about Islamo-fascists, they're not talking about Islamo-fascists because there's no such thing. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. It's a crock. Except, except that, you know, you have uh, groups like, you know, you have countries like Saudi Arabia that we're in bed with, by the way. Right, okay. That are, well, that are literally... Islamist tyrants, I would say. You know, there was actually just a story not too long ago. Some 19-year-old girl got raped, and they're beating her for getting raped. So they are they are tyrants yeah. in their in their own ways. But in terms of them merging merging with corporations and 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 forming a perfect state, that's highly inaccurate. So what they're doing is they're basically saying Islamo fascists, and they're connecting fascism with Hitler because all Americans understand fascism to be Hitler. When you say fascism, right. okay. they say Hitler. So they're basically they're basically pointing out that Islamists are like Hitler and that we need to stop Hitler and, and blah, blah, blah. So Well, that's, I'm, that's thank you for cleaning it up, Ben, because every time I hear it, I, my, my blood curdles and I, I really – I get this this uh, surge of rage. Islamo-fascist. There's no such thing. It's a crock, but let's just continue. Jonathan, I, I, I met you, uh, what, I think a couple of weeks ago, and we had a, uh, a yes. conversation. You are as concerned about your country as, as we are here in America you got together um, and on, on ours. You're seeing that it's being – sold out as well that it it's it's yes it's there's something beneath the surface that is just washing everything away glenn we have had an agreement in this country for many years now that if our allies in america go to war that we will join you in that battle i believe david is completely right in what he is saying that uh, when george bush stood up and actually said 
that we were going to go to war against terrorists and when Tony Blair stood up and said the same thing. Both our countries, both our peoples and our governments were behind it, were behind those two leaders. Um, in this country at the moment, we are now looking at a backlash uh, where everybody is saying, oh, we've got to get out of Iraq now yeah. and we can't look at Iran and everything like that. There's, there's a total loss of traditional values in this country for, for continuing and finishing what we start. Okay. Once you've begun something, you've got to stop it. Jonathan, thank you very much. David, I'd love to have you on the uh, radio program and talk about your history with your family and, and what that Absolutely. was. Absolutely. So maybe we'll line that up. Okay, where am I wrong? The Ron Paul Revolution. I think it's meant to be a catchy slogan, but I fear some of his fringe supporters are taking the word revolution too literally. Agree or disagree, you can go to Glenn, uh, I'm sorry, CNN.com slash Glenn right now and cast your vote. You stupid, ignorant, son of a bitch, dumb bastard! <laughs> Jesus Christ, I met some dumb bastards in my time, but you outdo them all! <laughs> okay, so just, just to reiterate what, uh, you know, obviously every time Glenn Beck does a show, he's got this cute little thing called Where Am I Wrong? And I want to, um, I want to read his question to the, to the audience here. The Ron Paul Revolution is meant as a catchy slogan. But I fear, I'm sure you do, some of his fringe supporters are taking the word revolution too literally. First of all, I don't even know what that means. Revolution, there's nothing wrong with the word revolution, and there's been no violence to back up any kind of argument saying that it's, it's lethal or deadly or dangerous. So he had this poll up, and once again, mark my words, <laughs> I swear, uh, Ben, and, and you know, I'm sure you paid a lot of attention to it, because he had a poll up saying, um, he had some other question about 9-11 truth movement people saying that they're nuts and all this stuff. And, and he, he took was, the poll down. Yeah, and, he, and after like 7,000 votes, he was, you know, 90% of the people voted against what he said and said he was wrong. And this time it was even more, I believe, and you can go on to prisonplanet.com and check out, I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday's um you know headlines, and they actually have a picture of the poll. And I took pictures of this poll because I knew that he was once take it you know down. <laughs> I saw it after about two twenty five hundred votes. I think I saw it at about eighty five percent that people were disagreeing with him. And I, to my even more to my surprise, I think after four thousand or close to four thousand votes that um, people were disagreeing with him over ninety percent. And sure enough, he didn't just take it up, take it down, and then put it back up this time. He actually just took it down, just left it. And I emailed him, and I'm not going to read my actual email to him, but. You know, I, I expressed my severe disappointment in Glenn Beck because, again, I, I, I don't know of any other media mogul or media person that can be so flip-flop. I mean, can, can talk about border security like a real American and then just destroy everything that is American by um, destroying Ron Paul and his, his campaign and his supporters. I mean, he's just a candidate. Um, so sure enough, I, I emailed him and I, I, I said to him, P.S., you know, just stop taking your polls down. It's okay to be dead wrong once in a while. This is politics after all. I mean, hell, I mean, nobody's ever always right. So this really gets me going. I'm His sorry, ben, knows I, no match. It, it's you know, incredible. And, and you know, when, when we talk about Ron Paul and we talk about the revolution, we're talking about a constitutional revolution. We're talking about a, a revolution of the mind and a different way of thinking. Um, and that's something that that took place in 1776. Absolutely. You know, and that's and that's something that we're trying to really recreate now because there is a, a serious tyranny that's happening here that is that is ten times worse than what they experienced in 1776. And when he talks about us calling us terrorists and stuff like that, it's really incredible. It, it, it's an incredible match that he makes. And I I, I was saying I was saying that I was going to play this clip before and how they're sort of uh, the training clips. The, yeah, the the FEMA, you know how how the FEMA is saying that the founding fathers were terrorists, and you know some patriot was a a fireman in this in this 
quote unquote class that a FEMA official was was a uh, was teaching and he was able to videotape this and send this in. So this is totally undercover and uh, they're doing this in the dark, in secret. They're teaching our firemen, their fi- our firemen and our policemen that the founding fathers were terrorists. Terrorists. They're basically taking <laughs> away our it's hard heritage to from it's us. Hard so to believe. Here's the clip right here. Play Hopefully it. you'll Brownie, be able to you're hear it. Okay. If you can't out, yeah. Okay. Training video of a, a police officer who's been passionate about what they believe in. They become a very difficult enemy to be. Who was the first terrorist organization in the United States? <clears throat> who? Founding Fathers. Founding Fathers. You mean Thomas Jefferson? Oh yeah. You mean uh, George Washington? Oh yeah. Paul Revere? Yeah. These guys right here. Let me ask you something. Did they try to scare people? Oh yeah. They tried to intimidate the British. Did they try to, did they use acts of violence? Your founding fathers, my founding fathers, were involved in acts of terrorism against British officials because they systematically had British officials assassinate. Assassinate. The guys who we call our founding fathers, George Washington, Mr. Honest, who cut down a cherry tree and admitted it, is the same guy who signed death orders, if you will, on members of the British government, the British crown, who they wanted to eliminate because politically they had influence in certain pockets of the United States at that time, the 13 colonies, and they wanted to divide and conquer. They declared war first, you asshole. What you've just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. This is um, Ben's. Yeah, Ben's not kidding. This is literally. uh, If you can, if you want Ben, tell him where they can find this clip. This is all over the place, but this is actually a clip of police, uh, future to be police officials, being trained to think this way. That that our founding fathers were terrorists. Were the first. Not only first, that, with the first terrorist. First terrorist. Look, folks, and if John you want George Washington, you know, George Washington, who who cut down the cherry tree, who actually never really did cut down the cherry tree. <laughs> this guy is like he's Regardless. so he's so inaccurate in so many different ways. It's like he has he has no clue. He's. Just, uh... But you know, again, this... these people aren't patriots. <laughs> They're not defending the republic. They're here overturning our country. Yeah. Regardless. nation. Yes, I agree, Alex. And, and regardless of, of whether or not you agree with the founding fathers, really isn't the point. I think I think the point here is that um, the event, the, the result of this type of training, um, inevitably turns uh, police officials from public servants to I don't know public dominant people i don't know what the word is ben because you can see the result when you see a man get tased at an airport to death using 50,000 volts of 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 a taser or when you see a woman get thrown to the ground by five vicious men and get the f beat out of her yeah then you see the result of this type of training where it's well you know you're not here to serve the public these people agree with the founding fathers they're your enemies and they think you 
are their enemies. So, yeah. and this clip right here is is from a, scary. Uh, is scary. from a movie. Yeah, it's I mean it's scary, but it's it's from a documentary. And in that same documentary, uh, a woman gets pulled over by the police officers, and she is uh, many people. Yeah, she gets pulled over by the police. They find a constitution on her. That's right. And they, they don't know what to do. They think it's illegal. They think they, it's illegal. They think her constitution <laughs> is illegal, and they say, uh. "Are she allowed to have this?" I mean, there's actual video footage of this. The movie God, is, I love freedom. <laughs> the movie's nine one one. The Road to Tyranny. Um, and it's 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 a fascinating movie. And uh, the, she gets pulled over. She gets taken to court. She wins because obviously she has a jury, and the jury says the Constitution is not illegal, you idiots. And this woman goes and and this woman goes free. But just to show you how ignorant our police are right now, they hire they hire morons, and right. then they and then they teach them that the Constitution's bad, and that the founding fathers were terrorists, and that it's bad to be free. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's just, you can't you can't get any worse than that. No. It's, it's tyranny on the stick. It's it's unbelievable. It's, it's, it's blatant. It goes beyond any science fiction, horror, film, or novel that any of us have read, most certainly 1984. But uh, And unfortunately, Ben, we're not even going to be able to get to more of the news, but we did want to touch upon the veterans of the uh, the first Iraq War and the second Iraq War, most specifically the second Iraq War. The suicide rate amongst these veterans are at an all-time high in epidemic proportions. The only piece of good news, like I said before, and I'll just touch upon it quickly... Um, New York governor abandons driver license for illegal immigrants. And, of course, this is Governor, governor Elliot Spitzer, who will withdraw the controversial plan that would have allowed un- undocumented immigrants to obtain driver's licenses, a spokeswoman uh, told CNN Tuesday night. Spitzer plans to withdraw the proposal on Wednesday, which is, of course, this past Wednesday. And spokeswoman Jennifer Gibner told CNN this whole thing, just to, you know, just to go over it really quick. I, I had a whole – I had this whole press conference. I can't play it. It's too long. But, uh, you know, there, I, I think it's good news, Ben, because again, you look at all this news and, and, you know, you have, uh, you have people on, on the media, you have the O'Reillys and the Becks calling freedom of speech terrorism, and you have, uh, people calling the founding fathers terrorists. It's unbelievable, and it, it's hard. It really is hard. I don't even know what to say about it. Yeah. So you see the step that we've taken just this week alone and uh, how, you know, the, the further we've gotten into this this sort of tier just in the last just in the last couple of weeks. I it's mean, building. It's, it's going to build even higher, Ben. Yeah, and I, I, I hope it stops. I hope they I hope they stop right now. Yeah, the one thing I wanted to say, and I was going to get to the Ron Paul radio ad, which was kind of cool, and it's going to be aired all over the place. But before we end, uh, Ron Paul needs delegates in, in all states. So please, if you get a chance, I can't play the clip that was very inspirational from a woman uh, that uh, she, she was uh, speaking to an audience. I can't play it. We don't have the time for it. But regardless, please, folks, go to ronpaul2008.com if you are a supporter. If you don't know who Ron Paul is, just surf YouTube. I mean, there's hundreds, uh, if not thousands, of Ron Paul videos. Check it out. And if you do want to support Ron Paul, once again, www.ronpaul2008.com. Please uh, go and, and help Ron Paul and his campaign any way that you possibly can. And also, check out revereradionetwork.com. Uh, go there and uh, help us out. Give us give us some donations. Well, I shouldn't say us, but give Revere Radio donations so we can so we can stay on the air and provide you with some entertaining and uh, good good stuff. Uh, so we're we're out of time this week. We're going to be uh, heading out. We'll see you guys next week. Up next is Rasta Gnostic. Stay tuned. He is the man. Peace out, guys. Thank you. Goodbye. Stop that train.